Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Waterfowl. Welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot, and this is episode somewhere in the mid-50s. As we continue to crank out two episodes a week, Mondays and Thursdays, I typically release those about 6 o'clock. So I'm just really happy with how everything's going. I, I appreciate you tuning in and supporting me here with everything. The first thing I want to tell you, if you're listening to this, on Thursday, the 31st of August, you still have time to get in to the Patreon North American Waterfowler Hunt giveaway on the 31st tonight, 7 o'clock Central, 7 p.m. Central. I am having a live stream on YouTube, and we're going to start it off right at 7. And if you have signed up for the giveaway, we're going to talk and, and do some goofing around. Then right around 8 o'clock exactly, we're going to spin the wheel. And one of the participants in the hunt giveaway is going to have the opportunity to come here and hunt with me this year. I don't know when it'll be. I'll talk to you about what your schedule is, what weekend worked for you. Do you want to get in some teal? Do you want some mixed bags in October? Would you like some more later season stuff that's just all mallards? And we're going to do a weekend. It'll be either in Kansas, Nebraska. I'm not exactly sure yet. We'll talk about it and, and we'll come up with something that works. And if you want to get signed up for that, it's patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. And you can get signed up to Patreon or whatever level you come in on Patreon is the number of entries that you will get. So if you come in at $3 and you get three entries, $5, five entries and so on. And then on the, on the giveaway or on the live stream tonight, you can add more entries through Super Chat. And so this is year number three. And the, these times with bringing people in and hunting together have been so rewarding. I've talked about it at nauseum. It's just been so much fun. So go over patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. This is your last chance. You don't want to miss it. And in addition to that, there are a ton of extra content over there on Patreon. There's so much more to Patreon than just the giveaway. I bring on guests, patrons here to join me on the podcast. I've got all sorts of extra North American Waterfowler podcast segments over there that are only on Patreon that you can never hear publicly. 
And there's just content stretching back to 2016. There's one. If you remember the early episodes where old Danny boy was with me, he killed a grebe. He thought it was a teal. He killed a grebe. I didn't really feel like posting that publicly. So that's over there at Patreon too. Just so much extra stuff over there. And that is the only place that you can get a North American waterfowler podcast hat. That's the only place you can do it. So go on over there and check that out and join me tonight, seven o'clock, August 31st, Freelance Duck Hunting YouTube channel. So uh, what I have for you guys today, you know, it's that it's that uh, every other week Woody's edition. So we're going to have Woody on here in just a little bit and we're going to talk to him and I'm sure that he's going to have some more things to say. <laughs> and I hope that you're enjoying the Woody segments. I know that I absolutely love them. I've got a comment of the week. Comment of the week's going to be a little shorter this week than, than normal, but I thought it was funny. So I thought I'd bring it to you guys. And then I'm just going to give you an update. I've been updating countdown in, until the Nebraska teal season. And we've got Friday, Saturday's opener. So I am two days out from the Nebraska teal opener. And as I told you guys last week about how my scouting has been going last weekend was my last pre duck hunting season scout. And this particular scout, I have been so excited about for weeks because there's a couple places that I was going scouting in Nebraska in that I had not been back to for a long time. And we've got a lot more water than we did last year, a lot more rain, a lot more water. So I'm just was really, really have been anticipating this scout and honestly just forcing myself not to go to these places because these places are hour, hour and a half, two hours away from me. And I knew, hey, just wait, because I need to see these the weekend before the teal opener. I don't need to see these a month, month and a half out. You're wasting your time. Just wait, just wait, just wait. And so yesterday, I'm recording this on Sunday, the 27th. Yesterday was that scout day. And it did not quite go as planned. In fact, there's some things that I kind of want to bitch about. And I'm, I'm going to do so. And You know what? I don't even want to wait. I don't even want to, I want to bitch about it right now. Before, before I get into my scout day, I'm just going to. I am so damn tired of this heat. I have been waiting anxiously, excitedly waiting for the Nebraska teal opener. And then the weekend after that, the Kansas teal opener and the freaking weather is ruining my plans. And it's like, I, they talk about duck depression, whatever. If you are a North American waterfowler and you just think about it constantly and you cannot wait till the openers and, and it's just an exciting time. You wait to these and now the freaking heat taking all our water away. We had this huge trip plan for the opener of where we were probably going to go. The number one place we're probably going to go. We had this whole camp trip planned. Fumbles was going to go. Aiden, Aiden's um, buddy, Jeremy, Ben, the man, his kid. We were going to camp on the shoreline of a lake. If you watch my videos, Aiden pounded them there at this place last year. And we were just going to have the best time. Let me read for you the predicted temperatures starting this Friday, starting tomorrow. You're listening to this on the 31st. Okay. Friday, 101. Saturday, 103. It gets worse. 
Sunday, 105. Monday, 104. Tuesday, 103. Wednesday, 102. Thursday, 103. Friday, 103. Saturday, 103. That's the Kansas opener. Sunday, 100. That's as far as this freaking thing will read out. 101, 103, 105, 104, 103, 102, 103. My gosh. So not only is this ridiculous heat wave, which was here all week last week, sucking up like a half inch and fumbles can't go do that. That whole weekend is wrecked. As far as our plans. There's a big difference. Now, I've got some teal located for Saturday's hunt. But there's a big difference of excitement and anticipation for a weekend where you're camping, primitive camping on the beach of a beautiful lake, and you're immersed in the environment all weekend Versus sleeping in your own bed and going out for an hour and a half, two hour teal hunt in the morning and coming home. The excitement levels are a little bit different. And it's just really getting on my nerves. This heat. I hate the heat. I sweat. If I if it's 100 degrees and I look out my window, I sweat. I mean, it's unbearable. But not only is it wrecking the Nebraska opener, but now also the Kansas opener. Saturday, 100. Sunday, 100. Lows of 74. <sighs> so excited about these weekends. So excited. about it. It's to the point where I'm thinking about, honestly, calling Audible and just start driving north. I've got the Monday off. Let me see. I don't even know what the temperatures are. Let me see. If I go clear up to... The border of South Dakota and Nebraska. Still. Saturday 95. Sunday 100. My gosh. Doesn't even do any good. Clear up to South Dakota. Still. Doesn't do any good. Sorry to have a rant session. But it's just really pissing me off. So. We may still be able to get in some good hunting. Let me tell you about my scout trip and, and kind of what my plan is for this weekend. Because, oh, I, there, there is a chance that the weather can always change and you can get a dip in the, in the cycle. But whatever. I'm going to move off this because I don't want to sit here and just do nothing but whine and cry. Because this is, yeah, I'm whining and crying about this, but it pisses me off. So Here's my scout day. And the scout day yesterday that I had been looking forward to and so excited about certainly did not go as well as I had hoped. And I've been thinking about this scout day forever. So I went with my buddy Cole. He's my training buddy. He's got an, a fantastic lab named Delta. She has her HRCH2. In fact, she's got a AKC Master Hunter Pass as well. So she's got one up on Georgie. And I picked him up. I was so excited. I couldn't even sleep for a scout. That's when you know it's bad. It's like, I can't even sleep. It's a scout tomorrow and I can't even sleep. I was supposed to get up at five. I woke up at four, just sitting there and I got up because I just couldn't sleep. So I picked up Cole and we had four places that we were going to check. 
And these were kind of B spots because ultimately what I really wanted to do is camp out there on that lake with Aiden and my dad and Ben the man. And that that's really what I wanted to do. But I wanted to check these places and just see, because these could be Kansas opener places too, like weekend two. So we actually got really good rain on Friday night in a lot of places in Nebraska and Kansas got great rain. And so the first place that Ben and I checked, we had, I'm sorry, that Cole and I checked. We had, we were pulling the boat behind us because one of the spots I needed to check, I needed the big boat. And we, this first place, we get up to the turn-in road and it's a dead-end road where that they have not graveled. And so those kind of dirt roads, if they don't gravel them and it gets wet, man, they can be treacherous. And I'm like, man, I really want to see this place. And I turned the corner to go down this road and I, uh, it didn't look that bad, but I got onto it only like 10 yards and I realized, oh, this is not good. I do not want to take my, my truck and my boat down this path, down this road, because I last thing I want to do is get stuck right here first, first thing. And so we decided what we were going to do is back up back out, drop the boat on the gravel road, and then just take my truck. Cause I was pretty certain that my truck would be fine back in there. The it, it's pretty This road, it's not like you just sink in halfway to the hubcap. So you get about three or four inches and then it hits fairly firm. And I tried to back up. I tried to back the boat up. And when it's that muddy and that sloshy, you can't control how you're um, moving the trailer. Like I needed to back it out and bring the trailer to my left back onto the gravel. And so we would dump it off and I tried it and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't get the trailer to turn because it was in mud. So I just kept moving it straight out to an angle in which that I, I could not no longer back up or it was just going to go in the ditch on the other side of the road. And we tried this like three or four different times. And I'm like, man, I cannot make this work because it's, I'm already on so much mud and I only needed to back it up like 10, 15 yards but I just couldn't get it because of the mud. I couldn't get it to do it. So I'm like, you know what? I am pretty certain that I can get my truck and the boat down this road. And then when we get to the parking lot of this little pool, I know that that it's going to be grass and I know I'll be able to turn the boat around in there. No problem. And I can get out because I just couldn't, that I felt like that was the best decision at the time, which I was hundred percent wrong. So we started going forward and I'm in four wheel drive. Everything's going. okay. I mean, it's definitely a situation where you're like, Oh man, this is not good situation. We, there's a, the chance of us getting stuck back in here is not that un, unlikely. I thought we'd be fine, but it was not that unlikely, but I'm like, I'm shrugging you down the parking lot. So we get all the way down to the parking lot where I've got to take a, a left turn into the parking lot so I can turn the boat around and drive it back out. Cause it's just a dead end road. Right. And I'm trying to pull in, but my truck is slipping. And what I didn't realize is this little path into the parking lot. There is, they made this in, in order to park them. So they had to put a metal, big metal tube and then put road on top of it. So about two yards off the side of the turn in path, was like a water pass metal tube where you drop a tire in that and you're done. And as I pulled the truck in, 
Cole was getting out to help me. We we're getting all muddy and everything. And I'm looking like, if you go forward, I'm going to drop the back tire of that boat and trailer right in, in the, in that ditch. And there's no way that I'm getting out. So we probably spent 10 to not to mention, I'm already feeling like an idiot now because I made the total wrong decision to even do this. And it, this is the type of situation. Okay. Where if you get stuck and you have to call someone to pull you out, you're, you just, I was the idiot of the day. You know, have you ever seen like a situation, like whether it's a tire tracks or whatever, you're like, what kind of dumbass did that? It was that type of situation. And I was the dumbass. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? If I have to call anyone to come, and I don't even know how they would have even gotten me out. I'm not even sure what they would even have done because I've got the, you know, my truck with the 18 foot boat behind it. And like you get stuck down in that situation, what, what is even someone gonna do? Like because it's a thin, narrow road and it's already sloppy. But if they can get in there, it's a type of situation where they're gonna be thinking the whole time, "Man, you're an idiot." And they would have been right. I was being an I was an idiot for trying to go down that road. And I just had ducks on the brain. I wanted to scout that marsh. I, you know, I get in like duck mode where like either I'm going to hunt or I'm going to scout. And it's like, you almost have to kill me to stop me from trying to do what I would want to do when it comes to duck hunting. And that's where the bad decisions can come. Cause like the motivation to scout that pool and to see that pool over overrode my common sense and my judgment. I try to live my life, um, with a risk reward analysis is the risk worth the reward what is the reward of you doing this and how positive is that reward and how negative is the risk so so seeing that marsh the the reward of seeing that marsh was not nearly as powerful as the risk of getting stuck in there getting stuck in there would have been a million times worse than seeing the marsh would have been good and once I get ducks on my brain like that, I sometimes when I'm that motivated and I'm that in the ducks, I lose my sight. I'm pretty typically in life really good with like living by that risk reward analysis. But when it comes to ducks, not always, not so much, not so much. And anyway, I could not turn the truck into the parking lot because I was going to pull that boat down into that ditch. And we were done for at that time. And so I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. We back, we were able to back out and get the boat centered on the road again, but we're still heading away from the good gravel road to the, to the dead end. And I'm like, we just have to go down here and hope there's some place to turn around. Now on the positive side, this marsh is really close to this old muddy road. And it's a string of pools as we drove past the first pool, there was so much water in it and the pools are all connected. There was so much water in it. You could see the water from the road, which that's never been the case when I've scouted this. So this thing was brim full of water. And we kicked off like six, 40 to 60 teal that just saw us drive by. And this, this, this pool is like about seven tenths of a mile long and it winds and it's got little pools in it. And uh, there's like three or four pools and, they're like, you have a pool and then a thin stretch and then another pool, and then a thin stretch. And it kind of weaves through there. And on that first pool, there was a bunch of teal that kicked off there. 
thank God, because I needed to find some teal. But we got the boat straight. We headed on down the road. We found a little pole in that we were like, we were finally able to get the boat turned around. Now, this was so muddy that the wheels of the trailer, by the time that we were turned around, were no longer even spinning. They were being drugged. The mud had gotten so far in between um, the wheel well and the wheel that the wheels weren't even turning. They were just pulling like a sled. Yes, I know you're thinking that I that I'm an idiot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I wasn't being idiot to, to attempt to do this. We got it turned back around, and by this time, I mean the chance of us getting stuck was so real that Cole and I were like, "We're not," because I still wanted to to walk this marsh and see how exactly how many teal were in there. Because we kicked out sixty teal from that one first pool, so there could that whole section. I don't know. There could be two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred teal in there. I don't know. There could be a ton of teal in there. But we were so, we had mud on our shoes, we had mud on our hands, because we have to constantly get in and out of the truck to assess the situation, look what we're doing, and we're walking in mud that whole time. So now I completely muddied the inside of my truck. I muddied the outside of my truck. The trailer of the boat, the boat completely caked with mud. In fact, I'm looking out the window right now. My task after I record this is to go and power wash the whole thing. It was a mess. By the time that we got the truck and boat heading back the right direction, we're like, we're not stopping. We'll go look at that marsh. That's actually my one regret. I, we should have, we should have done it anyway because we could have just stopped it on the road and walked over there into the into the pasture and checked it. But we were so traumatized by this whole thing that we were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we are getting the hell out of here. And we got back to the gravel road and off we went. And what a foolish, foolish. Looking back on it, I still think I would have been fine with just taking the truck down that road because I I it could have done it. But my biggest mistake was I should have been like if um I, I could should have continued to try initially to back that boat out of there onto the gravel road. I didn't give enough effort on that. And it was just oh my gosh, it was traumatizing. So that day started off, the scout started off terrible, but at least we saw those 60 teal there. Now, this place is fairly small. Well, it's seven tenths of a mile long, so it's not like ridiculously small or anything. I have no idea. I've never even hunted this place. I have no idea how many other people will be there hunting it. No idea. If we choose to hunt that location for the opener in Nebraska, I have no idea. Is there going to be no one else? Is there going to be three other groups? Is there going to be 15 other groups? I have no clue. I hate that variable. I hate that's why I hate it being so easily accessible. But it was brimming full with water, and that's a week after 100 degree temperatures. So that was great. That was fantastic. Other than other than the mud, we went to the second place. I fully expected the second place to be loaded with water and have teal in it because I had been out there in May when I didn't think there was be water in it. There was a ton of water, and we walked a whole mile down into this place. And there was hardly any water in it at all. I was so shocked. We kicked, we did, there was a little bit and we did kick up a couple of teal, but spot two, uh-uh, no good, no water. We tried to go to spot three to look at. We couldn't get in there because, all right, I wasn't going to tell you this spot anyway. We almost got stuck at that spot too. 
we got to the road of the third spot and it was a it wasn't like a gravel or dirt road it looked like it was hard grassy path and we went and walked it it seemed fine and everything and then as we got down it it just was a little muddier than i thought i couldn't kick the truck into four-wheel drive for some reason and i thought i was going to get stuck on that road too but that wasn't near as bad a situation as the first so we did get turned around and we just got out of there on that one and we're like okay i'm not getting on any other road unless it's fully gravel and obviously drivable but that that one wasn't that big of a deal but we didn't get to see the second spot and i'm pretty certain that that second spot would have had water but we didn't get to see it so third spot didn't have any water no birds the fourth spot was the place I was most excited to see. I've run a couple of videos from this place. I've been scouting it for over a year now, but because of the drought, it just hadn't held any water. And so I really thought that this place would be full of water. And we probably walked four miles on this place through horribly deep, tough vegetation. We got in there and it was just, the water was, I knew that there would be one pool in here full. I knew there would be. But the other pools, I really thought would have water, and they just didn't. They just didn't. So we walked about three or four miles. We found that one nice little pool but did not kick a single bird out of there, which was greatly disappointing. And then we were off, and, and we went home. So looking into the Nebraska opener, Aiden was also scouting clear out in western Nebraska. And, you know, he found some teal but nothing really exciting and again, we wanted to camp out there and with that heat and temperature, it's like a five and a half hour drive for me. I think I don't know that I want to do five and a half hours when, you know, the weather's so bad. So I think as of right now, oh, and Ben, the man's going to be scouting on Thursday and we wanted to camp there too, but again, the heat. So I think as of right now, what we're thinking about doing is hunting this little place where I almost got stuck to be golden boy, Jeremy fumbles and myself. Cole might go as well, but we'd have three dogs. We'd have to break up because Aiden's bringing Stella. I've got little G and Cole House Delta. And so we would just have to split up and, and that would be fine. But the thing that scares me about it is that one, that all we have is that one pool and we really wanted to get in two or three days hunts. And all we have is that one place. I have no idea how many people are going to be there. I have no idea how early to get there. It's like that place is basically going to be A, B, C, D, E, and F as far as that. That's it. That's it. That's the place. So we'd probably have to get out there just ridiculously early. Probably so. So I think that's that's looking now what it's going to be like. Golden Boy and Jeremy will come stay here at my place on Friday. We'll head out there really early Saturday morning and see how it goes. So maybe it'll be a good hunt. Maybe we can get some dove hunting in on Sunday instead of another tea line. I don't know. But it was a little frustrating weekend. And and I didn't realize that the heat was going to be so bad coming up. At least we got the really nice rain Friday night. We got some really good rain. We got some really good rain. So maybe that can replenish what we lost or maybe after the evaporation from all the heat that we'll at least have a, a little, a little bit of something. So um, I want to remind you guys to check out on X hunt on X maps. If you don't use on X, you've got to use it. They've got a tracking feature that Cole was using. That's how, that's how I knew how far we were walking. Cause when we we're on on X, Cole hit the tracker. It's like, Hey, how far was that walk? And he said, Tell me how far it is. And 
And so there's so many great features on Onyx. Make sure and check it out. And if you're looking for a duck call, ducklandercalls.com. Bobby Hayes' organization, Bobby Hayes' call shop. And you can get 10% off if you put an NAW23. So go over there and check out those calls. They're fantastic quality. And Bobby puts everything he can into what he is doing. So let's go ahead and take a really quick break. I'm going to play this song for you. You have probably heard this quite a bit lately. This song is everywhere. And I typically don't get into trendy songs. It's just not what I listen to. But this uh, Richmond, Richmond, north of Richmond, is, I just can't stop listening to it. There's something about this song that just is hitting a chord with people. I think it's where we are at in time with our country, with our government, with politicians. And, and me personally, I think politicians just for the most part, just suck. I think the vast majority of those fools are bought and sold by lobbyists and they're not working for our good. And they're ruining this company. I'm sorry. They're ruining this country. And so this song has so much emotion in it. If you haven't heard it, you should definitely check it out. But you probably have because it's everywhere. This song is everywhere. So let's listen to a little bit of this song now. And then I will be right back after the break. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. So I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men north the rich men, Lord knows it all. Just wanna have total control. Wanna know what you think. Wanna know what you do. And they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men. Wanna know what you think? 
Wanna know what you do And then I don't think you know But I know that you do Cause your dollar ain't shit And it's taxed to no end Cause the rich men North the rich men Selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. All right, thank you so much for coming back after the break. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Don't forget, tonight is the hunt giveaway, 7 p.m. Freelance Duck Hunting YouTube channel. Can't wait to see who is going to come and hunt with me. But before that, let's real quickly jump into the comment of the week. It's time for comment of the week. So this comment actually is a text thread with my daughter, Penelope, and myself. And if you've been watching my channel for a while, I used to have little Penelope on my Hunter Hall's giveaway, and she is sassy. <laughs> She's a sassy little thing. She's funny, sassy, and sometimes she's uh, a little bit, um, how should I put it? She can be a little mouthy, to say the least. <laughs> Not in a good way. She can be a little mouthy. So as you guys know, I've been working on my duck calling, and Bobby's been helping me do that. And so I've been practicing in my car, on my truck, on the way to work. I got my calls with me. I've been practicing. And Penelope leaves about the same time. She's 16, by the way. She goes to a local country high school around here that we really like. And so she sits on the porch she, waiting for the bus to come. She She's getting close to have her driver's license, but, but she still takes the bus to school right now. And so she sits out on the front porch about the same time I'm driving away um, in my truck. And so that particular day, I had my duck calls with me. And as I was coming down the driveway, I was, I was practicing the duck call. And I, I was getting at it pretty good, uh, hitting it pretty hard. And so I got about a half mile away and I get this text and it, it's from Penelope. And she just says, why are you doing that? I'm interpreting her tone. Why are you doing that? And I didn't know what she was talking about at the time. Cause I'm just like, I, I, what? I'm like doing what? And she's like, your duck call. Was that you? Or is that the neighbor's chicken? And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, maybe my calling hasn't progressed very well. If I sound like the neighbor's chicken. And I said, I texted back and I said, I have to practice. And she says, oh, okay. It just seemed a bit dramatic to me. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> that First of all, she compared my duck calling to the neighbor's chicken, which I've been compared to a crow before, but never a chicken. <laughs> and then she thought it was I was being overly dramatic with the duck call. Maybe she's right. <laughs> oh, that girl's something else. So anyway, that is uh, the comment of the week. I thought that was funny. So I wanted to share it with you guys. If you want to be involved in comment of the week, then throw some comment down, comments down on my videos, comment in the, uh, on the podcast. And I would love it if you guys would give me ratings and comments it really helps me right now. There's been 57 comments. Um, this is rated 4.7 out of five, uh, 57 reviews rather. So if you could review, you can do that on Spotify. 
and you can do that on iTunes. So please, if you like what I'm doing, give me a five-star rating, drop a little comment in there, and you never know, that could be used for the comment of the week. So let's go ahead now and jump to the section that you've probably all been waiting for. Let's go ahead and get in to Woody's Top 5. All right, boys, let's get this wrapped up so we can get back to hunting. Woody, how's it going, buddy? Hey, good evening. Good evening. It's good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you again. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and coming and talking with us. Not a problem at all. It's always an honor to be on the show. What you got going on today? Well, I, I don't know if you've seen it on my social media page, but I I got into a nest of yellow jackets here a few I days ago. I did not back. see that. Oh, Lord have mercy. I, I, it was my own fault. I got out in the yard doing some yard work, and I was wearing my, my, uh, my flip-flops, and uh, so my toes weren't very protected, and I got into some tall grass, and all of a sudden, uh, boy, my, something lit my big toe up on my right foot, and well, I... I wasn't sure if it was a bee or a, a hornet or a yellow jacket or what it was. It could have been a copperhead snake, so I wasn't sure. So I went to digging in the grass to see what it was. And as I was doing that, they nailed me two or three more times. Got one, one on my calf and one on my rib cage up here and, and one back on my other side. Oh, man. Now, the, the other, I, I finally wandered out of there, decided I'd figured out what it was. Well, the one that got me on the calf, I saw that one. Once I made the positive identification and knew I wasn't mm -hmm. going to the emergency room for a snake bite, I, I got out of there. But that one on my big toe hurt for two or three days. And my wife, Lauren, Miss Larnetta, she's got a friend that's, uh, she peddles them, uh, essential oils and all. And, mm -hmm. and she's into all the natural healing kind of stuff. And so Miss Larnetta called her up and asked if there's anything I could do to make it better. Because my toe, it was just, it was hurting something awful there for two or three days. And so she said, go out in the yard and get some of them weeds. they called plantain. Kind of a big lettucey looking weed that grows in your yard. And the message I got from my wife was only part of what our friend, uh, prescribed the message i got was go out there in the yard and chew up some of that plantain <laughs> oh no well what she was supposed to tell me was you go out in the yard and you chew up or mash up some of that plantain and then rub it on your toe and it'll help mm -hmm. deaden the it's got natural anesthetic properties well i was hurting bad enough i went out there and grabbed me about six or eight of them plantain leaves and boy they tasted like a ugh, they were awful but I went ahead and chewed them up and swallowed them. <laughs> oh, no. I had a little bit of a... I don't know exactly how to describe it, but a little bit of an out-of-body experience. I think. <laughs> oh, These no. times I felt like I was watching myself walk around in the yard. Miss Larnetta finally come out there after I'd been out there about two hours. She said, what in the world are you doing? I told her I got to catch that thing over there. She said, one thing, I said, that elephant, that pink and purple elephant, ain't you see him standing right there in the yard? She said, you're drunk off of your head. I said, 
I'm not drunk, woman. I've been out here trying to catch this elephant, and I'm just getting a little tired. <laughs> so she got me back in the house. She thought I she was about to call 911. She thought I was having a stroke. She said, what What did you get into? And I told her that I'd chewed up a bunch of them plantains and ate them. <laughs> oh my she God. said, you wasn't supposed to eat them. You're supposed to rub them on your feet. A psychedelic experience so, uh, there. It, it was uh, it was very interesting. The I, I don't know. I if I if I'd been that way much longer, I'd have probably been making tie dyed t shirts or something. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> I finally got the feeling about. It. I didn't feel too good the next day either. But once I figured out I had to put it on my feet instead of <laughs> in my stomach, <laughs> it it helped. But uh, yeah, them old yellow jackets are rough. They, right. But, anyhow. I felt like listening to some uh, some Jimi Hendrix music or something there for a couple of days. Maybe, maybe a little Grateful Dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little Jerry Garcia. All right. Um, today I've got a list for you here. The, the top five reasons that the state of Nebraska, now this may get me in trouble with old Matt out there at the High Prairie Sportsman, but top five reasons that Nebraska is the next Arkansas. So, here we go. Number five, corn. That yellow gold stuff that ducks and geese just can't resist. Right. If you go to Nebraska, there's corn everywhere. I, I'm pretty certain. I don't know this for a fact, but I'd say the state flower of Nebraska is probably corn. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. And I imagine. I don't know this. I haven't confirmed this with any statistics or facts, but. They's got when you look at the amount of corn they've got up there in the in the middle of December. Now I grew up in farm country around here, and there ain't no farmer worth his salt gonna leave corn standing out in the field till December. They're gonna get it out of the field. So I imagine there's some kind of deal with the state out there where they pay them farmers to leave half of their crop standing or something just to keep all the ducks and geese fed. I, I don't know that. Again, I can't confirm it. Anecdotally, it sure seems like there's something like that going on. Number four, this kind of goes along with that, but again, I've not confirmed this, but there's definitely a lot of talk about this out there on the internet. State subsidized pond heaters. <laughs> State's paying now, for them, huh? They, there's times when they've had three weeks straight of sub-zero weather out there. No Matt from High Prairie Sportsman walking around in the water shooting ducks and geese and everybody else is froze out i have guys seen that in, guys in the state true. of nebraska they still shooting ducks i don't know how you explain that other than that somebody's got them a big old diesel heater out there warming up the water making soup out of it i think i think that's what is happening anyhow i don't i'm not i don't want to be sour but i can't afford to do that kind of thing and our state don't support that so anyhow you know how it is down here in the south you all up there kind of Take a dump on our heads every chance you get. Number three, the state of Nebraska has a lot fewer educated birds. They ain't been shot at quite as much. Time they work their way on down the flyway, well, mm -hmm. they get an education. So I, I, don't, I don't know that that's the whole reason, but I'd say that's part of the reason that Nebraska, by the time they get to Arkansas these days, they most ducks have been shot at four or five times at least. They've mm -hmm. seen about 10,000 spinners along the way. And so the time they get to Arkansas, they just keep on moving, go all the way to the coast or something. They're, they ain't stupid no more. 
Oh, let's see here. Number two. Oh, number two. Oh, this one hits a little close to home here, Elliot. The new Kansas anti-tourism laws that are going into effect this year. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't. No, I'm just joking. I can't say that I blame the folks of Kansas. Uh, it's a bold move to start limiting the, the out-of-state hunters. But uh, I definitely think y'all are going to see a difference in your hunting. Uh, yeah. Even though, even though you probably, I don't know if you do. Is it is it Saturday and Sunday that you can't hunt? What is it exactly? You out of state can will be able to hunt starting twenty four. Now they haven't passed it yet, but Monday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is when out of staters will be able to hunt. So not on a Saturday at all. Then you nope. won't be able to Just hunt on Sunday, a Monday, Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, see, that's going to cut down on a lot of a lot of your fellas that going to take a week off of work. Right or two weeks off and come out there, they ain't going to do it just for three days. They're going to go someplace else. That that's what I think. That's what um, the state is hoping, which is interesting because uh, you know for the last fifteen years they've run tourism ads based around hunting, and now <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Kind of changing their mind a little bit. I guess so. All right, number one, the number one reason that I think. Nebraska is the next Arkansas. That's because the Nebraska waterfowlers that I hear from swear that the hunting just ain't that good. I don't know <laughs> yeah. they're full of crap. Right. That's right. <laughs> so That's there you right. go. There's your top five reasons. I think Nebraska is the next Arkansas. Now there's a lot of folks that say Kansas was headed that direction, but with this new tourism deal, I think people are going to shift their focus and move on up the, the line just a little bit and, and, start traveling to Nebraska a lot more. We will see. It'll be interesting to uh, see how that all plays out with Kansas regulations and, and five years down the road, how, what effects it has. It's going to have some unintended negative effects. I guarantee you that. I think well, there's going to be a regret about it. You know, uh, Oklahoma is kind of a sleeper state, I think, from what I a, lot, a, lot, a lot of folks say. But if the things in Kansas change, you're going to have a lot fewer ducks getting bothered during the week. And so there may be a lot of ducks that don't make it all the way to Oklahoma like they used to because they're not getting busted up quite so much. I don't know. It could be totally off base on that. But unless you get get a good weather push or something now. But so anyhow. Well, the state's kind of divided into uh, Army Corps of Engineer ground, federal ground, and state ground. And so it'll be interesting to see how they break that up, whether they – can force these restrictions to um, go uh, to include the core and the federal land. And I, it'll be, there's a lot of interesting things that are going to be coming out about it. the next meeting is August 17th. So yeah, they can of- vote on it on the 17th, but I'm being told they're not going to, but so we will see. There's a lot of hands that got to shake to make that kind of stuff work out. I when think you start so talking too. about all the different folks. Yeah. So. Yep. All yep. right. Well, there's your top five. Well, I appreciate you again joining us. I love these segments, everyone. Uh, two weeks from today, well, my man will be back here, and uh, we'll have another episode. Until next time, you listen to another episode of Woody's Top 5. Well, that is all that I have for today. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode, and I appreciate you letting me vent, letting me rant to you guys about my frustrations, because honestly, that felt really good to do that rant earlier. I was, I was recording a little segment with Jake from chasing green before this. 
And this frustration was just building up in me. And I was trying to kind of fully identify why I was feeling so annoyed. And I really think it comes down to the weather. I really do. And so I kind of needed that little rant to get it off my chest. Sometimes you get, you rant something out and it levels you back down and you feel a little better. And I do. So you guys are now my therapy group. I appreciate that. So anyway, that's all I've got for today. Don't forget tonight, 7 p.m. Freeland Stuck on YouTube channel. If, if you're listening on the 31st of August, maybe you will be the next winner of the Hunt Giveaway. Until next time, you've listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. <laughs>